Thank you, Sarah. We, uh, we've got an awesome worship team, don't we? I mean, they are great. They are great. Somebody came into worship and said, man, they sound awesome. And you know, God inhabits the praise of his people. And uh, I think he finds it easy with, with this team. Well, we had an election, didn't we? Wow. You know, it says in the Bible, really weird things happen before Jesus comes back. Donald Trump is president. Now, th that is pretty, pretty amazing. Um, how many were surprised by that? Just, I, I got to tell you, I was surprised. Uh, but here's the cool thing. We can pray for him just like we can and have prayed for Barack Obama. And in fact, in just a few minutes, we're going to we're going to do that. We're going to pray for President Donald Trump. I can't believe I'm saying that. And President-elect President and President Barack Obama. And we pray for good things. You know, I, when Barack Obama was elected, um, one of the House Republicans stood up and said, I hope he fails. That was the wrong attitude, folks. That was the wrong attitude. And I, I pray that we, wow, that we will pray for success no matter who our president is, even as Donald Trump comes into office. And so, let's be mindful of that. Let's don't get caught in the election infection and, uh, and be positive as we move forward. Let's pray for all of our leaders. Well, we had an awesome Sunday last Sunday, didn't we? I mean... 3,500 folks showed up on this church campus, passed our way. We really did have company. And over 100 volunteers helped out. And I just want to say, y'all showed up, and it was incredible. And uh, there's just something that happens when we serve together, when we're working together, and I, I want to thank you for that. You invited. Thank you for doing that. You invited folks. I had a lot of folks say, hey, I came with family. They invited me. They're part of your church. Y'all have got something special. One of the things that I appreciated was I got the duty, and it was a good duty. It was a good, uh, good job. I had a six-passenger golf cart that I was uh, escorting folks with. I was uh, shuttling them with, and it was great because I'd go from the top lot there by the Howard Community Club, come down, kind of introduce myself, just say we're glad you're here. And, and there was one little boy. He was awesome. He was with his mama. Uh, she was a single parent. She was on the back. And uh, he was right in front of her in the car. There was plenty of room. And, and I could just sense the excitement building as we were coming down that ramp there at Howard Community. We rounded the corner. And he heard the music. And he saw the food trucks. could hear the generators. He saw the bouncy house. He saw the dancing minions. And he goes... I think I'm going to like this place. He was fired up. And that's really what we want. We want folks to encounter Christ and be a part of the community of Christ and be able to say, man, I think I'm going to like this place. And so that's our, our prayer. Well, we, uh, we continue our series on Hungry Four, and last week uh, we took a narrative, and we're going to pick up with it again, um, on the Samaritan woman's encounter with Jesus. But we asked you to post last Sunday, what are some things you are hungry 
for? What are some things that you're longing for? You know, another way to say that, another angle to move into that would be to ask the question, if you could, if you had the privilege of changing anything in your life, what would you change? Would you change your income? Maybe, maybe. Uh, would you change your health? Would you change your job or vocation? Would you change a relationship with who you're in a relationship with? I mean, I, I, I think about folks that move into the 25-year mark of marriage, the 30-year mark of marriage, and, and one of them looks at the other and says, I mean, this may be the way Delia feels. Is this what I signed on for? Is this all there is? Now, baby, I want you to know, I knew it was going to be good, but I didn't know it was going to be this good. That's what I would say. Thank you very much. Yeah. But sometimes we ask the question at certain stages in life, is this all there is? And, and can, I, can I bring a change to that? And it can be a pointer to something that is deeper. It can be something that presents, that speaks to something inside of us. And so we ask you to fill out this, and, and there's some great, great words up here. A victory. We all need a victory, don't we? And uh, it's important to lay claims to those victories when we get them. But we, we long for this change. I, I, can, I can see that. We all need change. There are certain things in our circumstances that need change. I haven't looked at this board before, but it is so telling. Home. I'm hungry for home. I, w I wonder who, who put this. It was somebody that was here last Sunday. Um, and it's okay because they were honest. Um, a hot dog. That's deep. A hot dog. Jesus, uh, peace, uh, not, not only in terms of world affairs, but an inner peace, a hunger to love, uh, to be loved, joy and peace in my heart, you know, just good authenticity, good words, time, you remember last week I said simplicity. So we're longing for something. There's, there is something out there on the edge, and, and we sense it. We can't always put our finger on it. There's something more that we're looking for. Anybody really want something? Think back years ago to something you really wanted, and you thought, man, if I could have that, I mean, I would really feel fulfilled. Now, with me, it's usually a gadget, Okay some kind of technology. I, I, I thought about, now, some of you don't even know what a cassette is. Do, there's probably some people that have never used a cassette. Uh, you're that age. But I remember when it was not only cool to have a cassette player, but if you had a double cassette player where you could make cassettes for your friends. We call that pirating. <laughs> and... Uh, and, and, and so, you know, that was like it. And then, and then I went to seminary, and there was a guy 
Uh, his name's George Sage Savito, and, and he was a seminary student, and he was the first one, I believe, in, on the campus to get a CD player. Oh, man. Well, you know, what's interesting is the landfill is full of cassette players. <laughs> and, and what I thought, and, and it's filling up with CD players, by the way. And what I thought was going to really, really make a timeless difference in entertainment didn't for me. And so I want to ask you this question. What are you, what are you longing for and, and do you want more of it? Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you for the Samaritan woman, and we find that in the power of story, we have our story. There is so much about her that is likened to us. So fill our searching hearts, and fill them full, because we come empty. Come, Lord Jesus, we want more. Amen. Well, we talked last week about a woman who really was struggling with a lot of issues in her life. And Jesus encounters this woman, and she encounters Jesus as he's moving uh, from Judea to Galilee. He goes unorthodoxly. He moves straight through. His spiritual GPS said, you've got to go into Samaritan, Samaria. And so he goes into Samaria, and he goes to a historic uh, well, and there a woman comes up at high noon, the hottest part of the day, so that she could come by herself. Uh, coming to the well was really a social event for a lot of women, but she went by herself. And so... She sees Jesus, and Jesus does a really weird thing. He says, will you give me a drink? And she says, how is it that you are a Jew asking me for a drink? We just don't get along. There is a chasm culturally and religiously between us. And Jesus said, if you knew the one who was asking you for a drink, you would ask him for living water. And she said, I, I want that. And he said, well, go get your husband. And she says, I don't have a husband. And he says, oh, that's right. You've had five, and the man you're living with now is not your husband. And so that's kind of where we picked up. And, and she says, you must be a prophet. And then it's interesting. She, Jesus is tapping into a very vulnerable spot for her, relationships. And the brokenness of those relationships. And, and she throws up a smokescreen. It's interesting when you look at this scripture. And it's posted in your bulletin. She gets into a theological discussion. Have you ever been in a conversation where it kind of got deep? It got a little awkward and you wanted to change the subject? And she really kind of wanted to do that. Because Jesus was delving into real life things for her. And she said... 
You know, this is the mountain where we Samaritans believe we can worship God and that God hears us. And you Jews believe that you can hear God and worship God authentically in Jerusalem. And basically, she was asking the question implicitly, now which one is it? And he said, you know, there's going to come a day where that really doesn't matter. In fact, there's going to come a day where, in reality, all you have to do is bring yourself to that place of worship, wherever it is. If you will worship in spirit and in truth. And so he was revealing himself as the Messiah, because she was saying, oh, I'm looking forward to that day when the Messiah comes. And he said, I am the one. I am the one. Now let's look at her need. Her greatest need came out of her brokenness and isolation. She wanted she wanted so much to relate to those around her, but because she was a woman, because she was a Samaritan, because of her checkered past, no one was really relating to her. And so she had a significant need to connect, much like the hunger that we have. Fran Magoni is preaching on this message today at the 11 o'clock traditional. And she said, you know, as a woman, I want to know where her sisters were. Where were her girlfriends? She was alone. And she needed more. And here was a man that loved her unconditionally. Here was a man who talked about how doing the will of God is his food. And she hungered to belong. And last week we talked about how she had a connectedness to Jesus. But what happens when we want more? Oh, I think it's okay in terms of being a follower of Jesus to want more. And for her, I think getting more would have been being a part of a circle of people that are like-minded, that would encourage her and accept her for who she is, start right where she is, and move forward with her. Don't we all have that same need? I do. As a pastor, there are responsibilities just like in your vocation. And there are things that can easily keep me at a superficial level where I'm a mile wide and an inch deep. And I need relationships with other people that are following after Jesus so that I might become more like Jesus, more like Jesus, because others are desiring more. And so today, I want to ask you this question. Now, for her, she had a great need for, for connection. 
problem was she was isolated. She was feeling lonely. What is it for you? What is the struggle for you? And how is it that Christ has helped you to feel as though you belong, but you want more? I believe there is, there is a progression in our faith, and it doesn't mean that any one of us are ahead of the other. I just believe that the Lord continues to have in us, when we are walking with Christ, a desire for more. John Wesley called it a desire for the second work of grace. It's a progression where we say, God, I want you to be Savior. I, I, I claim the redemption that was done on the cross, and I step in fully to the remission of my sin, the removal of my sin, and the cleansing of my life. But I want more. I remember when I was in student ministry and youth ministry and how we uh, had a, a group while I was in seminary. And I remember a young man coming and he said, Tim, I gave my life to Christ. Now what? He was longing for more. And it was a good more. He was hungering and he was thirsting and he had drunk, whatever the participle is, drank, drunk from the well of Christ and he wanted to keep drinking. And, and I think about how when I gave my life to Christ and I accepted his grace, he became savior, but then there was something more. I wanted him to have lordship. I wanted him to step into all of the categories of my life. I wanted him to have free reign in any sector of my living, of any decision that I made, any relationship that I was investing myself in. I wanted more. More of Jesus. And I would suggest to you that that more is a good thing. That longing is a wonderful thing because you move through your faith and your faith strengthens you and sometimes it is pressing through pain and on the other side of pain you you sense that God has given you more. And you surrender and continue to surrender. And Jesus becomes Savior and Lord. And then eventually, life. That every decision we make, that every breath we take, is always against the backdrop of God's will. And so today, I want to ask you the question, what is it that you're hungering for? Uh, maybe for you it is that belonging we talked about last week. Or maybe it's something more. If you have your message notes with you, I want you to look um, at the last part. And I believe we've got a scripture um, 
that I want us to look at, Ephesians 3.20. And as you think about more, I want you to think about this benediction that Paul gives the church at Ephesus. Read this with me out loud. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. He is able to do more than we can imagine, even greater than that which we ask for. It's kind of like, I knew it was going to be good, but I didn't know it was going to be this good. What is it that you need to ask God more of? What is it that you need more of? Look at that last line in your message notes. Now that I belong to Jesus Christ, I am asking God for more. Think about that. What is it? He has promised to do immeasurably more. Are we willing to let him have all of the real estate of our hearts? Let's pray together.